Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Mike and Mike at Night Show, and we are back. First show of 2018, and we got a blockbuster here, you know, talking about just what happened in the past week as we talk about uh, as we talk about the uh, things that have happened. The thing is with this whole situation, the Oakland Raiders, potentially the winner of the Gruden sweepstakes, so to speak. The Oakland Raiders, that's number one on, on I believe, the hottest stories is the fact that John Gruden is going to come out of retirement and he's going to coach the Oakland Raiders. Now, for that to have happened, the Raiders, let's just take this step by step. The Raiders took a situation, I believe, that was a bad situation. I think that they took and they fired Jack Del Rio for all the wrong reasons. I believe, and we're going to get to you here in a minute, uh, to our caller from Jersey, but we're going to uh, talk about this here real quick, Mike. I don't agree that you fire Jack Del Rio when, let's be honest, they were in the dumps when Jack Del Rio got there, and they are only here because of Jack Del Rio. Mike, I agree. I think he changed the culture of that organization, that team, you know, brought a winning culture uh, back to the uh, Oakland organization. I think it was a, a, a very quick, hasty decision to get rid of the guy. I think you get another chance. Got a good quarterback, a young upcoming defense, pretty much a young roster, man, that has a lot of potential. So, Mike, I agree. I think it was a, uh, you know, a hasty decision to fire this guy. He was trending upward. And, I mean, I realize that you've got John Gruden. Okay, this guy is the ultimate celebrity head coach of an organization. This is a guy that Tennessee basically threw the keys to the university at. And now he's going to say, okay, I'm going to come to Oakland. Teams have been chasing him for years. And now there's a rumor. I'm not sure if it's confirmed, but there's a rumor out there 
that the situation with uh, that may have swayed uh, John Gruden to come out of retirement is the fact that the Oakland Raiders have offered him an ownership stake in the team. That's a head-scratcher in and of itself because John Gruden has won one Super Bowl. I mean, we're talking about did Chuck Knoll, who won four, get an ownership stake in the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 70s? Did – even now, does Bill Belichick own a piece of the New England Patriots? I don't believe he does, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Or anybody who wants to disagree with me, feel free to call in 347-989-1171. But, I mean, Mike, that just seems mind-blowing to me. And we're going to get to our caller here in a second. But, Mike, I want you to address this real quick. The fact that they're offering Gruden a piece of ownership in a NFL organization. Yeah, that's kind of uh, unheard of, you know. I guess you want the guy bad enough to give him a stake in the team, but that's uh, <laughs> like this. But this if, 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 Mike, this seems so much like, and I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it old Raider, new Raider. This seems so much like the old Oakland Raiders under Al Davis. Oh, we're just going to throw whatever we have to to get this person. And it don't matter if they work out or not. We'll just, you know, fix the problem or we'll be terrible for another decade. Yeah, basically you mean waste a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah, and potentially ownership stock. And we're going to go ahead and bring in our caller from Jersey Live here. I mean, buddy, you're a pretty frequent caller into the show. What do you think about Jack Del Rio being ousted in Oakland? And what do you think about all this potential stuff that's being offered just for John Cruden to come to Oakland? And do you really believe he's worth it when you look at what he did his first stint with the Raiders and also his stint with the Buccaneers? Only one Super Bowl. I, I mean, this makes me scratch my head. I think this is the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Why would it you is. take? Why would you? I mean, take. Excuse me. You, you take Jack Del Rio out. I mean, he had he, he had a great season, and you and you still keep, you know, uh, Hugh Jackson in for the for the Cleveland Clowns. Something yeah. doesn't make sense here. I mean, who in their right? I mean, who in the right minds would hire would fire a guy who's done well for one team? And it's turned one team into the biggest joke in probably not only football, NFL history, but maybe sports history. Period. I mean, these people don't don't get their heads together when they're trying to think who should stay and who should go. I mean, I completely agree. What was it? Four or five weeks ago, we heard Marvin Lewis say, "I think I'm going to go ahead and pursue other options at the end of the season." And now, all of a sudden, Monday, he signs a. Or, excuse me, yesterday he signs a two-year extension. Where did that come from? Yeah, that's, that's a head scratcher. Yeah, that blew me yeah, away. Yeah, if I'm a Cincinnati Bengals season ticket holder, I'm like getting rid of everything because at this point, everything? and Marvin Lewis has been in the North for a while, so I mean, I'm very familiar with him playing Pittsburgh. We play him twice a year and sometimes right. in the playoffs. He's been a good coach in the past, but at the same time, I don't know who to put the blame on more, Andy Dalton or the fact that Marvin Lewis can't coach. But I tend to put it on Marvin Dalton. Lewis at this point because it was bad before Dalton got there. Yeah, it's an idea we were slowly closing, man. They, but for a minute there, 
for a minute there, they won the cusp of, you know, actually going to the AFC Championship, possibly making it to the Super Bowl representing the AFC. So, yeah, they have kind of slipped back a notch. I just thought maybe it was time for some new blood, you know, a new way of doing things. Not that he's a bad coach, but, mm. you know, just a kind of new start, man, you know, kind of rejuvenate your organization. So that was a head scratcher to me, too, because I thought it was fortunate conclusion that he would be yeah. out of Cincinnati. But I guess they came to some type of agreement, man. I don't know, but does this keep them in mediocrity or does it actually help them? That's what mm. you got to ask yourself. Probably keeps them in mediocrity. Right. I completely so, agree with that. I mean, unless you draft another all-star quarterback, I mean, I hate to say it, but you're you're far enough down the list, you're probably not going to get uh, the kid from UCLA, Rosen. You're probably not going to get the yeah, Wyoming no. quarterback, whose name escapes me. So, do you go Baker Mayfield the, uh, at this Josh, point? J- Josh Allen. Mike, you know what? It's, right. it, it's a, it's enough quarterbacks to to somewhere go around, man. It's just such a crapshoot because you don't know what you're gonna get. You know what I mean? Yes. And then and then the thing about it is, once you if you don't have a ready made team with a quarterback, a young quarterback can come in and kind of be to protected, so to speak, by a good running game, a good defense, sound special teams. You're basically saying, hey guys, we're pushing reset. Are you not? Is that not the message you're sending if you bring in a, a, a very young quarterback and you don't have yeah. a team around him to compete now? So the message you're sending to your fan base and to your players like, hey, guys, uh, we're kind of starting over here. So, you know, so well, you got to be careful with I that mean, too, man. You, you look at two teams. I'm going to bring up two teams. you got the Cincinnati Bengals and the San Francisco 49ers. After the Jimmy Garoppolo trade, the San Francisco 49ers, even though they went, they had a worse record than the Cincinnati Bengals, there's a lot more optimism in San Francisco than there is right now yeah, sitting in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, because they're trending upward. You're, you're trending upward instead of downward. You know, you can see yeah. the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you can see, I guess you can, you, you can see your way out of, Mediocrity and out of you know purgatory because yeah. we were talking about the San Francisco Forty Nine so something prime example Oakland finished six and ten so did San Francisco when you look at those contrasting um, um, records you're like okay these teams are about the same you know six and ten but one was trending upward during the season one was trending downward I completely agree I mean and then you know you get the rumors Monday that Pete Carroll might retire and he says no I'm not going to retire nah. the thing is. If it, is it time to make a move in Seattle? I think it may be a little quick to pull the trigger. So watch this, because as soon as Richard Sherman went down, Seattle imploded. Let's be honest here. Seattle imploded as soon as Sherman went down. As good as Russell Wilson is, we know what controls that team now, and it's Richard Sherman. I, I mean – yeah. Good Lord, that's another team. You yeah. have to sit here and think maybe they might be looking at potentially somewhere making a move. I don't think so. I think it may be a little premature. But Pete Carroll's seat's got to be getting a little hot there. Yeah, guys, I think Pete Carroll's health isn't, you know, isn't, you know, his health's not the best. I think that uh, – he see the team trending down with the organization. Man, remember the NFL, you got a three- to five-year window, man. It pretty much goes in cycles. Right. And as you see with Seattle, man, it's slowly closing. You see the rest of the division catching up with them. It happened to the 49ers not too long ago. I mean, you got a small window, man, before these teams draft 
and, and, and kind of construct their team to catch you and eventually pass you. I mean, it happened to the Arizona Cardinals. Talk about the NFC West. Now you look, it's looking like it's trending towards to the L.A. Rams. If you know that, yeah. Seattle is slowly declining. Uh, injuries. The Legion of Boom or Doom is no more. Cam Chancellor, rumor is, he shouldn't play anymore because the, the neck injury could actually cause, you know, further damage and potentially not walking. Um, you got Richard Sermon, who's in a contract year. I mean, Earl Thomas, who's in a contract year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's looking elsewhere. You got an aging Richard Sherman, who's uh, who's coming off right. a, a significant injury. So that team is going to be different, man. You really don't have a solid running game. That line is a bunch of questions. Pete Carroll left. USC, man, when it started to hit the fan. Don't y'all remember? So, when there's smoke, it's a fire. fire. So, I feel feel he's looking for an escape route, if you will. So, I think he's on his way out, too. You know, it may not be this season, but if it's not this season, this is definitely his last season probably coaching, guys, period. I'm going to go as far as to say this. If the new head coach at Oregon does not work out, I expect Pete Carroll to be the next head coach at Oregon next year. Wow. I I will go that far to say that if there is a big-time college football opening, which I believe Oregon would still be a big-time college football opening, then Pete Carroll will be back in college next year. Well, not next year, following. All right. Well, guys, think about it. If, if if, If he comes back to coaching and he goes to college, that's telling us two things. It's telling us he ran away from Seattle, so they were trending downward. And it tells us his health isn't as bad as we think it is. Because college is a lot more demanding, guys. In the NFL, you don't have yeah. to travel and recruit 24-7. You don't have to meet the de- demands of the university and the NCAA, so to speak. You're more of a CEO type in the NFL. So if he does that, I mean, it's telling us a lot, you know. It's telling this guy just wanted out of Seattle. And that well, he's and full speak- of uh, energy, and he's prepared to take on the rigorous demands of being a college head coach these days. Speaking of that, I mean, we're talking about a guy, you know, back to um, back to the reason why, back to the reason why we're talking about, uh, or we started today. We're talking about Gruden. We, you asked me before we came on the air. Why did Gruden choose to come to Oakland? I believe that, you know, there were rumors about him putting together a staff at Tennessee before it all got shot down and imploded around Tennessee. But I believe that's what it comes down to as well, is the fact that John Gruden doesn't have to go through all of that to be able to be a head coach anymore. Plus, I mean, the sweetheart deal he's getting in Oakland, it's just insane. So, I mean, we're looking at a guy who – I believe that's what it came down to. The fact that he's going to be at home more when he's uh, coaching in the NFL and he's going to, you know, he's basically getting handed the key to the franchise by uh, Davis's son, Mark Davis. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I definitely agree, man. It's just, it's just mind boggling because, You've had teams for the last 10, 15 years throwing money at this guy, trying to get him away from ESPN, the coach. I mean, Tennessee, rumor was, they were willing to give this man almost, what, $8, 9000000 million a year. So, 
is it so much more about money or is it about the the aspect and the possibility of him having, you know, a small piece of the soon to be Las Vegas Raiders? You know, is it the lure of of the tradition of the Raiders? Is it the lure of them going to Vegas? Or is it it's a little bit of Vegas. everything? I think it's, like you said, my man, I think it's a perfect storm. I think it's a little bit of everything. The Vegas thing, the fact that they're Oakland, you know, the fact that he's been there before, he kind of want to ride the ship. So it might just yeah. be a perfect storm right now, man, for a perfect marriage. So we have to you see, man, wonder, but it makes though, you wonder. You got to wonder, Mike, how much of the day-to-day operation is Gruden going to have his hands in, too, as a head coach? Basically, he's right. going to be his GM's boss, too. Like, how do you fire right. a guy that has a percentage ownership in the team? How do you go, hey, uh, John, it ain't working out. We're going to have to go ahead and let you go. Well, too bad. I I, I own part of this team, too. Yeah, it's going to be this some tough language in like that contract. This seems like a way to have a nasty divorce. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Lloyd's going to be big with this contract because if he does have – it's going to be a minor stake. We get that. But, you know, if he does, I'm pretty sure the language in the contract is going to say, you know, once we part ways and we decide to part ways, oh, that's null and void. If not, you'll have a sticky court battle, you know, for money. Exactly. <laughs> With him being mine on the show. So, yeah, man, I just – and isn't this kind of putting all your eggs in the basket, man? Kind of playing oh, Russian yeah. roulette with six, with, yeah. with you know, with five bullets in the chamber. And like I said earlier, like I said earlier, and it's what Colin Cowherd said earlier this week. The thing people forget is the man has only won one Super Bowl championship with Tony Dungy's team. Okay, you're right. What else has he done? How many? How many universities has he coached at? How many college universities he coached at? And it's insane. You got these. You you have these ads in the university willing to throw. Huge amounts of money on a guy that haven't proven anything in college. We don't even know he can if he can recruit. We just know he has a scowl and he's chucky. And he was successful in the NFL, which doesn't necessarily translate to college or vice versa. Ask Nick Saban. So you just got to be careful there, man, and not just hire off a guy's name or off expectations or off what you think he would do. You know what I mean? Because this guy has never proven anything at the collegiate level. It has proven that he could win in the NFL, but with someone else's, you know, uh, assimilation of the players. So we really just don't know, man. He could get to Oakland and flop. We don't know. Because a good coach just got fired. And you got to do better than the previous coach. It didn't make sense to get rid of him. You so just gambled shoot. all these steps you moved yeah. forward to to on a guy who honestly is still a little bit unproven on to what he's going to be. Think about it. This guy hasn't coached in, what, eight years now? Nine years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, the rust is going to be yeah. there little, in and of itself. How long has it been since Chucky's coached a defense? Yes, I realize he's got his quarterback camp and all that, but at the same time, what has this do- gentleman done to make you believe he is worth all of this? This has got to be the biggest deal in NFL history, and it's getting get- sent to a guy who hasn't coached in nine years. That's 
I, hey, I guess he's, you know, I guess it's a big name that they want, a big splash before they go to Vegas. I guess they understand. Well, I tell you, well, I tell you, Mike, some of the moves and uh, some of the moves this week weren't so surprising. The Chicago Bears fired John Fox, uh, might yeah. be as well. That one wasn't very surprising. I understand, you know, Mitch Trubisky, he's a new, unproven commodity. But here's the thing with John Fox. Yes, it's not surprising, but this is the same John Fox that turned the Broncos around, so to speak, uh, or at least started that, uh, started that, and then Kubiak came in and finished it up for him. I believe that's how it went. I, I mean, you come in here and you look at this, I, I'm assuming this is the last stop for John Fox, but where do you go if you're Chicago? Because you have a ton, and I mean a ton of issues ever since Lovey Smith left that franchise. The defense has been terrible. The offense has been terrible. Where do you begin to build this franchise back? Uh, Mike, the, uh, the, 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 the teardown or the rebuilding, if you will, has already taken place. If, if you look at Chicago's roster, man, they have a nice mess of young pieces. You got a young quarterback, you got young receivers, you got a young uh, stud running back in Howard. Kind of young defense is trying to find its way, but you know it's everybody's looking for the next Sean McVay. Now, are you gonna find a thirty-year-old coach, you know, no. to make the splash? And yeah, that's gonna be you know trying to find a needle in the haystack. But the NFL's a copycat league, man. So. That's what they're looking for, kind of young, up-and-coming coaches, the trend, they kind of relate to these young players and kind of put some fire underneath them if you get my drift. So I think they're looking yeah. for a young, high, you know, old coordinator, D coordinator, somebody up-and-coming, man, instead of kind of an older guy that's kind of been around a block and you don't know what you're going to get, you don't know if his health's going to hold up, that kind of thing is kind of – trending outward and we're trending toward the, you know, kind of young, vibrant coach. They can relate to the players, man. So I don't think it's such a bad job if you look at it. You know, the ownership and the fan base just has to be patient because it's a young team. Let's face it, man. And, and it's a lot of people, a lot of players on that team still growing. But I don't think Chicago's such a bad situation if you just say, hey, I got a young roster, you know, I'm in a division, you know. Definitely with Aaron Rodgers and, and and my man Stafford, but I'm in a division where we can win some games and possibly get to the playoffs. So I think you got a lot to tell in Chicago. Well, and I mean, even you look at Stafford. Not only uh, that move in the NFC North, Jim Caldwell was fired by the Lions, and now uh, they're requesting an interview with the Texans' defensive coordinator Mike Vrabel to potentially be the head coach there in uh, in Detroit. Here's the deal yeah. with Mike Vrabel, though. Houston wasn't that great on defense this year. I'll give you the fact no, that they didn't have J.J. Watt, but Houston wasn't amazing on defense. I mean, all you got to do is look at Pittsburgh and what Pittsburgh and Jacksonville did to them, and you can tell that. Yeah. Once again, that's kind of a head-scratcher that Vrabel might be a head coach based on what he did in Houston. Yeah, they're looking at his body at work from his playing days with the uh, the Patriots, and the fact that he's been true enough. You know, I hate to say it, he's been the classic organization with uh, you know, England. So I think more of his body at work as a whole, you know, throughout his career, more so than what he did in Houston. 
because let's face it, Houston just hadn't been great on defense. Now, you know, uh, um, defense coming to defense for Vable, he's dealt with a lot of injuries, especially every other week your top two defensive players are hurt and Jadavion Clowney. Right. So, you know, with that being said, you know, it's his whole body at work. They're not pretty much holding this against him. But it does make you scratch your head, you know. You know, you would think that yeah. it's more qualified candidates with, you know, better records and resumes than my favorite. So, I get that part. Very true. And you look at Arizona. Arizona just lost their head coach. Arizona, uh, Bruce Arians has decided to retire. I believe he's got some health issues uh, as well. Yeah. I, and, yeah. I mean, it was time for Bruce yeah. to be done. I, I mean, I love yeah. Bruce to death. Bruce was one of the class acts in the NFL. But who they're looking at, they're looking at John DeFlippio from the uh, from the uh, Minnesota Vikings, the offensive coordinator there in Minnesota. I tell you that that would be an impressive hire for Arizona. Arizona not really known for their defense per se, but their past number of coaches have been all offensive gurus. So I mean, this would slide right in the culture with Arizona. I, I would applaud that hire. Yeah, you know, it it, it 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 could shake things up, and it may be good for organization, Mike. But when you say They've chased offensive guys. I don't think the culture changed, Mike, or guess what you got to replace? You got to replace your quarterback. You need a signal caller. I don't think it's Stanton. I don't think it's Blaine Gaffer. No. I don't know the young kids they got on the bench, but believe you me, I think they'll be trying to chase a quarterback, possibly a free agent quarterback. So I mean, Kirk Cousins sweepstakes, anybody? Kurt, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean <laughs> – most of the people chagrin, Kirk Cousins is going to be a hot commodity, guys. Think yeah. about all the cities that you need a quarterback in. Think about think about the Denver's of the world. You know, think about the Arizona's of the world. I mean, think about the I Pittsburgh's mean, of the world. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. If y'all win that, yeah. six, that, that seven Lombardi trophy, he's going to hang it up, man. That's a far-drawn conclusion. So you're looking for a quarterback there. So if I'm a free agent quarterback, like we just alluded to earlier, when talking about um, when we just talked about someone coming into a ready-made team, so to speak. If I'm a Kirk Cousins, I'm sitting back looking, man. I'm not gonna make no hasty decisions because a job like a Pittsburgh job comes open with a ready-made championship team. That's where I'm headed. I don't have to go rebuild and. You know, hope chips fall in place and wait two, three drafts and hope I don't get hurt and all this kind of jazz. I can come in now and possibly get an right. NFC championship next year. It makes a lot of sense, guys. It makes a lot of sense. It does. You know, and, I mean, we we hit on it earlier. The Cleveland Browns re, uh, re-upped with Jimmy Haslam. I tell you, you know, you said that was a head-scratcher earlier. But here's the thing. They're 0-16. I believe this was his first year, uh, Hugh Jackson's first year as the head coach there in Cleveland, I believe. No. Don't quote me on that. But, I mean, I almost applaud this move. For the simple fact being consistency in Cleveland is something that they've lacked for quite a while. It's been, you know, rinse, you know, wash, rinse, cycle, repeat. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those yeah. things. And 
I I believe that at this point that's something that needs to happen. So I honestly do not mind seeing Hugh Jackson remaining as the head coach just because you have to have consistency at the head at the top of the game, especially if you want to attract some free agents that may be able to build around. You look at Jackson. Yeah. Jacksonville They're was horrible. terrible, what, three, four years ago, but they built the team the right way, and now all of a sudden they're the three seed in the AFC, and they honestly had an outside shot of being the two seed. It's not – you have to grit and bear some of this. You have to um, you have to deal with some of it, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's, it's time for them to uh, – you know, half of America is going to laugh at me, but – it's time for Cleveland to trend up. We see, we seen the, we seen the effect. Think about it, guys. We seen the effect with teams that were just horrible. You can pick your respective sports. Let's say baseball. Kansas City in the last few years won the World Series. They were horrible. They got a they they got quite a few. They got a mess of number one picks. They got a mess of top picks for being horrible. It, they trended upward. The Houston Astros. Three years ago, man, they lost a hundred games. Yeah. Now look, I mean, it's it, it's time for Cleveland to start training over. Look at the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers in basketball. I mean, after a while, man, you start building your team. You get to the point where you get a, you put all this town together. It's time to start winning. You change the culture, man. So yeah. that was a smart move keeping Hugh Jackson, man. You can't keep changing coaches every season. It's no consistency or continuity, so well, no, I tip my but, hat to him. You know, it sounds funny, only 16, but, you know, give the guy another year, <clears throat> see what he can do with this young quarterback, see what he can do with this young talent, because they got talent, you know, but who, 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 who's kicking the door down to come to Cleveland? Nobody. You know, it's kind of a hard situation, guys, let's face it, I mean, I would have gave him another shot, but had the fan base probably seen 0-16. Are you kidding me? Get someone else in here. And, I mean, you can't well, be mad at the, the fan base for saying that, but honestly, no, you know, the hashtag goes it's around you know. the process. There it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's just a tough deal, man. I mean, mm. if I'm Cleveland, you know, I – like you say, I give him another shot. I mean, now let's be real; it's a business. Come eight games of 2018 season, if you're over, man, or just you know, you, you you hope to win a couple of games to to start off the kind of trend upward, show the trend upward. You don't want to be over and eight in the middle of the season. Then you might need to make a move. No. So is it inevitable that they'll make a move? Uh, hopefully not. But get a guy another shot, man, and see what he does. You know? Yeah, he's obviously right. going to have to win some games pretty quick next season. Yeah. But oh, I, yeah. I mean, I oh, believe yeah. that. I believe that giving him another year. I mean, good God, you can't go any further down than where you are right now. So I mean, what the hell are yeah. you losing? Yeah, that's true. You, you, you mm-hmm. gotta look upward. <laughs> I mean, and at this point, Josh Rosen's already said he he would consider staying in school just to avoid going to the Cleveland Browns. You gotta kill. Yeah. You gotta Smart shed move. that, man. Man, y'all help me out, man. Last time I checked, um, these, playing professional sports is not a God-given right. It's a privilege. Very it's true. A special privilege. You're blessed with a special talent to do something that you love and to make money for it. 
why in the hell can somebody sit back and pick where they want to go? Eli kind of, Eli did it, and I hate he did because we knew it was going to open up a can of freaking worms. You shouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. Respect this organization that drafts you. That's where you need to go unless they decide to trade you. You shouldn't be now, able to I think Elway was the one that opened it's the can of worms. He did. Elway did do that. He did it with what, Indy, Atlas? I believe I think, so, Baltimore. Baltimore. It was Baltimore at the I think time, it was Baltimore but yeah. at the time, Coast. But you know what, man? I mean, and that's what you have to be careful of. You would monkey see, monkey do. You let one person do it, <laughs> the next man gonna be like, "Look, I'm gonna do the same thing." You shouldn't be able to do that. I don't give a damn who your dad is, Archie Manning. I don't care about none of that. It's a it's a privilege. It's a privilege. That's not gonna change. Less than three percent oh, of yeah. players go to the NFL. Come on, man. Give I mean, me and a then you look, you look at the you look at certain statistics here. It, it, the average life of an NFL quarterback ain't you know ain't great, especially you know no, if you no. aren't a Ben Roethlisberger or a Tom Brady or a uh, you know one of the elites. You know, really, you can probably expect to be bounced out of the league and probably right after Two and a half, three, right yeah. after you hit three. the. Uh, yeah, two three, and a half, three, four, four years. Yeah. I mean, I believe you know, Matt Leinart, who was supposed to be one of the elites, was out within four or five years. And yeah, I mean, he had him a little fishy gig there in there in uh, Arizona. Yeah, guys, you know, the only thing you have to do, go back and look at the draft. <laughs> go back and look at some of these draft classes. Take, take. Yeah. Um, you could take the draft class from three years ago. Look at all the quarterbacks that are still in the league. Half of them ain't even in the league. They right. just go to show true. NFL, not for long. So you got to take advantage of your opportunities, man, because it doesn't exactly. last long. It's a small window. It doesn't last long. It, it doesn't. And that that even speaks more to the fact that it is a privilege to be in this league than, you know, being able to demand where you're going to go to school. So, I mean, right. I do have to knock Rosen for that. But I do want to kind of hit on this. Uh, Mike McCarthy quietly got a one-year extension in uh, Green Bay. Was that based on the fact that Mike McCarthy is such a great coach or is it based on his uh, previous success? Because this year, without his boy Aaron Rodgers, has not been that great. And, I mean, this is something that has been trending down for at least two years now, I can think of. A lot of fans in Green Bay aren't exactly happy with McCarthy anymore. And I believe that they probably should. This probably would have been the opportune time to go ahead and make that move. And you give them a Uh one-year extension. That kind of blows my mind a little bit. Now, one-year extension. It's 2018 now, man. So uh, that extension has officially begun. Man, think about it. He has a ready-made team. Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt. This, This team is in the playoffs. They may be the number one seed. I see we just Are you sure about know. that, Mike? Because I'm going to challenge you on that, though. Last year, with Aaron Rodgers healthy, they struggled. They struggled to make the playoffs in the first part they of did. the season. They, they got hot they at did. the end, but they struggled. They did. I agree, Mike. I mean, the running game was suspect. Um, they dealt with a lot of injuries on the offensive line. 
I get that with this part of the NFL, but basically what I'm saying is if you get rid of Mike McCarthy, you're going to hire within the organization. If you're going to do that, you might as well keep it for one year and see what happens with this camp roster he has because, let's face it, man, they're pretty much loaded on offense. You know, they can use a player or two on defense, but I just think of that guy that get hurt, they're a playoff team. Now, what the record would have been, we don't know. So I think it's more based on the pretense that, hey, guys, um, we hit a speed bump. We had a couple of injuries this year. You know, let's start over next year. See, can we keep these guys healthy? See, can we make another run? But remember, Ted Thompson was ousted, which is arguably one of the great GMs known to the NFL, especially the past 20 years. He's done a great job yeah. year in and year out keeping players keeping players on that roster, flipping that roster over and over. Arguably known as one of the best people to do it. Constantly change old rosters because that's what the NFL is about. Okay, he's gone. That's his board. So he's probably on a short leash, guys. So don't get caught up into this one-year deal, you know, even like with the Marvin Lewis thing. He got a two-year deal, man, but, uh, you know, you got the unemployment office on speed dial because let's face it, on a short leash. During a short leash, they are. We get it. They are. So the fan base might not have to be pissed off too much longer. They might get what they want. But you just got to give them another chance in Green Bay, Mike. For my and opinion. one, one of the you know most inspirational stories in uh, coaching today, as far as the NFL goes, Chuck Pagano. His uh, story in Indianapolis finally came to an end on Monday as they released him. Here's the deal with that. That wasn't the issue, in my opinion. Chuck Pagano was not the issue in Indianapolis. That goes Jim all the Irsay way to the idiot. top, and that he's goes idiot. to the owner, Jim Irsay. He's an idiot. Uh, he's an idiot. I mean, Ursay is lucky that he still has Andrew Luck on that roster, in my opinion, because if I'm Andrew Luck, I'm just like, hey, bro, either release me or out. I'm just going to go ahead and retire because the way they've treated that guy – my God. It's, it, it's mind-boggling, man. I would want a leader like Chuck Pagano, uh, a cancer survivor, a strong coach. Uh, his team embody his spirit. And as we say, man, it's a three- to five-year window in the NFL, man. I mean, you don't mm-hmm. win it between that time. You're going to have to re- retool your roster and kind of push reset. I think they're kind of in that mode. Is he a good coach? Yeah. Should he get – put it like this. Andy did him a freaking favor, man, because he will get a job. He's one of the better coaches oh, yeah. in the NFL. Players love him. They love to play for him. And he's been successful, man. Like I say, sometimes it starts at the top. In that situation, it's Ursay. He's a, he, I, I don't get him. I, I just don't understand. It's hard to come by good coaches. To me, it's a Jim Harbaugh effect. They ran this guy yeah. out of Indian, Indiana just as San Francisco ran Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh, you know, yeah. out of the base. So they should have known better looking at that. They should have known better. So, unfortunately, they're going to deal with two, three, four years of just disdain, uh, just a losing culture, man, uh, unfortunately. But that's the nature of the beast. You got rid of a good coach. Exactly. All, and, I mean, and then once again, it, this this Black Monday was you win some, you lose some, because another head scratcher. Yeah. The New York Giants signed Todd Bowles and their GM to a contract extensions through 2020. What uh, did Jeff, Todd right? Bowles do this year to deserve an extension? Somebody, please Wait, tell Giants. me. Do what? You said the Giants. It's the Jets. 
Or, excuse me, the Jets. I apologize. Yeah, the Jets. What did he do to re- deserve an extension? They, they, they were terrible. Uh, you talking about Todd Bowles? Yes. Yeah. I like the guy. You know, I think he's a pretty good young coach. Kind of still unproven, but you know, it's a crapshoot. Man. You know, should you get rid of him and push reset? Uh, should you keep him and try to see can you you know trend upward? So it's hard to say, man. I think it's more so than you know. He's still young. He still had to. Uh, he had to retool that roster. He had to kind of flip it, mm-hmm. start over. And he still don't have a freaking quarterback. You and know? I go to this one so, as the as the biggest head scratcher of Black Monday and how this man dodged the sniper's bullet, I'll never understand. Dirk, and I want to say his last name's Coder, but I, I mean, good Lord, I can't pronounce his last name, but the oh, Tampa Bay coach. Survive. Oh, I don't get this. Once again, no. how? Uh, now, that's that's the anomaly. <laughs> no, honestly, man, uh, out of all these teams, if anyone would, you know, if anyone has shown the door, if you will, I thought it would be him, man, because let's face it, they underachieved bad. Bad, bad. A lot of people picked them, as I did, to represent the NFC uh, in the Super Bowl. So uh, a roster full of talent, uh, a a young up-and-coming quarterback, a good defense, it just all kind of imploded. So I'm very shocked he kept his job. Very shocked. Now. Continue. He's on a short leash. He's on the shortest leash of them all. So let's not get caught in that either. I'm just. I'm I think just maybe him and Bill O'Brien might be pretty close together. Yeah, does, does, does O'Brien coach. survive? All, I, I hate to say this, man, but I kind of see it. I don't think O'Brien survives the off season, unfortunately. Mm. Well, that's actually I, I what I was about to ask. Is this? Uh, it, do you guys think it's over? And the reason why I said that, I wasn't thinking about O'Brien necessarily. But I was thinking about the man that has a playoff game this weekend in Andy Reid. If Andy loses this weekend, is it time to pull the trigger on him? I mean, we talked earlier, Mike, Maybe. about if they miss the playoffs, it's over. I mean, Andy, you had a 5-0 and team, bro. You should at least be through the wild card and into the divisional, in my opinion. Oh, man. One thing I can't figure about Kansas City, I'm not going to put it all on Andy Reid. Now, don't don't get me wrong. When you're the head coach in that field, the honest falls on you and the quarterback. Um, I just think that the fan base isn't wholeheartedly happy with uh, the quarterback play. I think they feel that, um, what's his name, uh, Alex Smith, he was lighting it up yeah. in the season. He was arguably your MVP candidate the first five, six games. I mean, outstanding numbers. Then here comes the same old Alex, as they say, um, conservative. Don't push the ball down the field. Questionable arm strength. Half that fan base wants to transition to uh, Mahomes. Mahomes, The kid from right. Texas Tech. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to go hand in hand. If, if Alex Smith leaves, 
if Alex Smith leaves, I think there's going to be a, a, a kind of ripple ripple down effect that caused Andy Reid to probably leave when that new quarterback comes in. Because place it, man, you're not necessarily putting pushing reset, but you're kind of saying, hey, look, guys, we're going to bring this young kid in. That's going to be some growing pains. Growing pains means we're going to lose games. Right, and that's going to go right. well when you're trying to win a – when you're trying to win a division that's kind of open for the taking, you got some decent teams there. But you know, look, Kansas City was capable of winning. Uh, uh, the Chargers, even the Raiders, still had it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's gonna go hand in hand. If Andy Reid leaves, Alex Smith is definitely gone. If Alex mm-hmm. Smith leaves, uh, most likely, probably because think about it, guys. If Andy Reid wanted to, he could have set Alex Smith down and went ahead and pushed reset with Mahomes, right? Jim Harbaugh right. did it with Colin Kaepernick. I completely agree with that statement. So obviously, Mike, so obviously he's not ready to do it. Right. It's something he don't think he's ready. Arm strength, arm strength and talent and upside don't win games in the NFL, man. It's what happens between the eyeballs. Has arm strength. Exactly. Is he ready for the mental aspect? It's a grind, man. One minute you're the superstar, the next minute you're the goat. It's a it's a mental grind as well. So, you know, you have to be prepared wholeheartedly for it. These 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 coaches the NFL, they get it. That's why they're paid the kind of money they're paid. That's why they're doing the job they do. They understand that the mental aspect is huge, guys. It's huge. So is it that? It's something he's just not ready. He'll probably be good in the future, but Andy Reid is not ready to sacrifice throwing a young rookie quarterback here because, guys, let's face it, growing pains means wins. That means it's going to cost us wins. I hate to say it, but it's true. And we got a little bit of breaking news here just coming across the uh, feed. Uh, We talked about him a minute ago. We got uh, Josh Rosen has officially declared for the 2018 NFL draft. So I believe, I believe that uh, that pretty much ends any complaints about where he wanted to go or what have you. But the question now is where is a good fit for Rosen? Is he the uh, top quarterback taken? Because, and I believe, and once again, you're going to have to tell me his name, Mike, but Mm -hmm. the kid out of Wyoming Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be, you know, the yes. He's supposed to be the next, you know, great quarterback in the NFL. And I I mean, Rosen was good, but I don't believe Rosen is a change your franchise kind of quarterback. Crap shoot, guys. You just don't know. He could be the next Tom Brady, the next Ryan Leaf. Yes. You know. He could be the next uh, Jamarcus Russell or the next Cam Newton. It's such a crapshoot you just don't know. That's why you trust in your homework and your scouting department and people doing their due diligence, man, because we just don't know. It's just hard for me to put a lot of stock and a lot of faith in drafting a guy that early. Put it like this. Tom Brady was a seven-round pick. Joe Montana was a what? Uh, yeah, fifth, sixth, yeah. So let's face it, guys. I mean, that's the hardest thing to do. Everybody ain't gonna come out and be you no know, Carson uh, Palmer. Which congratulations on a great career. 
Uh, he was the number one pick, and he had a he had a good NFL career. Was it great? No, but by the standards and the odds, he was supposed to do what he did. He played in the NFL fifteen years, guys. Heisman Trophy winner. You know, very true. So it's such it, it's it's such a crapshoot. You just don't know what you're gonna get. But my problem with right. Josh Allen is your competition level. Um, you didn't play that well this year. He's big, six five. You know the prototypical uh, size, rocket arm can make all the throws on the route tree, all that kind of thing. But does it translate to Sundays and Thursday nights? If yeah. you will, is he mobile just, too? Right, That's the thing. Right. Is he athletic ben enough? Right. We just don't know. Big Ben is a dying breed in the NFL. Let's be a hundred percent honest. Oh yeah. Here. Oh they yeah. Stand up. Oh yeah. In the pocket like a statue, and you know, make yeah. moves to not get sacked. Quarterback is dying. Oh yeah, you gonna see that. Ben no, is probably the last one that's gonna happen. Yeah, that's kind of once in a lifetime kind of deal, man. That's that's a special talent. You don't see a six, seven, two hundred sixty yeah. pound guy that's able to stand in the pocket. Uh, you know, he has a physical stature to to take the the physicality in NFL, but he had Big Ben has always had great feet. Now, they're not what they were exactly. when he first came to the league, but he was always uh, able to avoid traffic in the pocket. And he's strong enough to, to carry through. So, like you say, Mike, that's kind of dying breed, but it's such a copycat league. You're looking for the next Ben Roethlisberger. You're looking for the next Tom Brady. You're looking for the next young Sean McVay at the L.A. Rams. It's such a copycat our, league, man. That's why people change But our them. team's I looking – are teams looking for the next Ben Roethlisberger or Tom or Brady, or are they looking for the next Cam Newton? Now? You can't always stand a duplicate, you know. I mean, they gotta go find their own. I mean, there's only gonna be one Tom Brady. There's only gonna be one Ben True. Roethlisberger, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know. True. If you want to clone, uh, I mean, go make one on a machine. You're not gonna get like a. You're not gonna get another play that in the NFL. They gotta find right. their. They gotta find their own identity. Right. Very right. true. So once again, you once again you're taking a huge risk of we don't know. Would you would you be more comfortable if you had a decent team that was on the cusp, going to get a kind of veteran guy or a guy that's like a like a Jimmy Garoppolo, so to speak, a guy that's been on the roster a couple of years and has kind of learned the way, you know, learn how to play the NFL, learn how to be a leader, learn how to be a pro, in contrast to throwing like a Patrick Mahomes or just a kid straight out of college, giving him the keys to the Ferrari. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, You're not going to feel so comfortable with a rookie coming. No. No. You know, now you could draft a rookie and let him sit behind this guy that you bring in, you know, to kind of tool him and show him the way. But yeah. my formula will be totally different. I'll be scared to go get, you know, someone green, fresh off the street or fresh out of college, so to speak. So, you know. Especially at the quarterback position. Oh, the yeah. quarterback is position is one the of the most least ones position. that you want to see a rookie start at. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because guess what these D coordinators going to do? They're going to throw the kitchen sink at him. Oh, yeah. Because they know he doesn't know what's going on. Right. So, here's the deal. We got about eight minutes left before I want to make a switch to college. But as we wrap up the NFL before we make our wild card predictions, uh, MVP talk. This is the time of the year where we get into the MVP talk. So I'm going to throw out a couple names and feel free to add any to what you think. 
and I'll also give my MVP for the season. But Antonio Brown, Tom Brady, okay. uh, Carson Wentz, and Todd Gurley. Yeah. I believe those okay. are probably the four that have the best case to be the MVP of the league this year. Out of the okay. four, if he hadn't gotten injured, I honestly believe that, and this may be homerism, I believe that Antonio Brown was probably going to be the MVP of the league. Yes, um, I think so. He would have. I, I agree. The first, first honestly, time I have to say yeah. that it will probably be Tom Brady. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, uh, guys, with Carson Wentz going down, you know, that kind of killed his campaign. Of course, he got hurt. Um, A.B., we just alluded to, A.B. would have probably won it going away, surprising the people, because look at the numbers, guys. You know, he put the numbers up last year. And he, it would be unprecedented, the first receiver to win it. It's between Todd Gurley and Tom Brady. Man, I love Todd Gurley in L.A., big market. Great young, exciting team, but he doesn't carry the name that Tom Brady does. Unfortunately, they're going to give it to Tom Brady again, man. And it's going to make a lot of people freaking sick. But guy's 40 years old. He's putting up the numbers, and he's arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks ever done it. So we can't take that away from him. We're just tired of the damn Patriots getting all the calls, all the preferential treatment, <laughs> all the postseason <laughs> awards. So, it's kind of that thing, man, but you really can't take nothing away from Tom Brady. I'm just more upset that Antonio Brown got hurt, man, because he should yeah. be the MVP, just to be honest. And let's talk about it here for a minute. You talk about uh, Todd Gurley. The thing I believe Todd, that hurts Todd is exactly what you said. I believe Todd's too young. Uh, Todd, this is really his first season as well that you could argue that he was an MVP candidate. Uh, With A.B., I think that the deal is what could have been, but we know what he is. And and really, we're going to find out exactly what A.B. is all about come the postseason when he starts. You know, they just put out a video that he's actually running on a treadmill again. So, you know awesome to hear that, especially if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan like myself. It gives you a lot of uh, it gives you a lot of excitement going into the postseason, but uh, the thing is, you look at Tom, and as much as I hate to admit it, and trust me, especially after that game a couple of weeks ago, it makes me freaking sick to admit it. That guy, two minutes left, no timeouts, is the number one guy in the league to have the ball, in my opinion. You just know that he's going to go down there and he's going to get you a touchdown or he's going to get you the field goal. Oh, yeah. Between him and Aaron Rodgers, man, it's kind of, you know, take your pick. I I, I would love to have any of those guys with two minutes to go at at my own 20-yard line. (laughs) It doesn't matter. I mean, you get get that type of talent time, they're going to beat you, man. They're going to beat you. Exactly. And, I mean, the thing with Wentz is this. Wentz, I believe, was an MVP candidate for the simple fact being they got caught in the hype. Uh, Yes, they've imploded since Wentz went down, but I believe that's because Wentz went down and it's more in the head. Uh, I believe it's more in their head that Wentz went down. But that defense of anything was probably the MVP of that team alone. That defense in Philadelphia is no joke. And all of a sudden, they became ter- terrible 
when uh, Carson Wentz went down. So, like I said, I believe it's mental. And I don't think that they're going to get over it. And honestly, I, I, I'm not even sure that they're going to get a playoff win this year. But, I, I mean, that, that's my knock on Wentz. I don't believe it was Wentz, so to speak, that was winning those games as much as it was accumulation of just an amazing team. I get that. You're saying it was, a, it was more of a team effort than one guy actually pushing him over the top. It, it makes sense with him being a second-year guy because let's face the guys. He's in the sophomore campaign, so he's still growing and learning. So, yeah, he has a great team around him, great coaching staff and all that. You know, great. You know, I get it. I understand where you're coming from. But he did put the numbers up, man, and being a young guy, he did well. So that's why he was kind of in the MVP conversation. If he was putting up, if he was putting up numbers like he did before he got hurt and they were like three and five, we wouldn't even be talking about this. Very true. You know? I mean, and that's the thing. The quarterback gets all the praise. And that's why it would have been so special to see somebody like Antonio Brown win the NFL MVP because, let's be honest, it's a quarterback-driven league. Everybody wants the quarterback. Everybody talks about the quarterback. Yeah. You know, yeah. the MVP of the Super Bowl is 90% of the time a quarterback. I mean, that's you right. look at it, and let's be honest, you look at it, and it would have been nice to see something out of the normal, but at the same time, now we're doubling down on the normal, and Tom Brady gets another MVP. And it'll probably be unanimous at this point. Oh, it will be. Unfortunately, it's going to be unanimous, man. I mean, you know, and you know, just they're not going to give an MVP to a guy that's not in the playoffs and wins six and ten. Too. Right. So it has, not, it has a lot to do with your record, too. You know. And it kind of works itself out because the MVP is usually the guy to put his team on his back, put up good numbers, and they're winning. You know. Exactly, exactly. So we got to deal with Tom Brady getting another MVP. We might as well get over it. We might as well get over it. Exactly. Exactly. And as long as Tom Brady ain't hoisting a sixth Lombardi trophy this year, uh, I'll be fine. <laughs> Because God knows, of all people, I don't want Tom Brady to tie my Steelers. I get it. I get it. But we're going to hit the reset button here a little bit. We're going to talk about the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl that just happened this Mm. last Monday, and we're going to preview the national championship when we get back. (laughs) I mean, good Lord, I still get goosebumps thinking about that Rose Bowl that just happened Last Monday night, I mean, good God, that that one could have gone either yeah. way. But we'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen, and don't forget, humble yourself. Yes. <laughs> I'm talking 
And we hit that reset button, and it's now time for hour two. Mike and Mike at night. And Mike, here we go. The granddaddy of them all went to double overtime. Oh, my God. This game, though. The Georgia Bulldogs, I mean, a lot of people consider it an upset. 54-48 over the Oklahoma Sooners. And Heisman Trophy winner Baker Mayfield. And I want to look at this. Baker Mayfield goes 24 of 36, eight yards per pass. But here's the key difference in the passing game. The interception Baker Mayfield throws. And, you know, I kind of alluded to it a moment ago, and we have to bring it up when we're talking about this game. That Georgia linebacker is Baker Mayfield's walking off the, off the field. He yells out, humble yourself. And honestly, you know, the thing about Baker is this. Baker is – the comparisons have been made to Johnny Manziel and things of that nature. I don't think the gentleman, you know, meant it as a joke, or I don't think he meant it as a slide. I think he literally meant it as, dude, you need to humble yourself before you make this step because he is about to make a step up. And if he's not humble in that league that we were just referencing, he's going to get home with the quickness. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, you know, they came in the uh... – I guess it came out of, like some guy alluded to, man, it, it doesn't matter if a, 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 a friend or a mentor told somebody needs to tell them. Now, it sucked how it came about in defeat from your opponent who just beat you in the biggest game of your career, but humble yourself, man. It's a huge message. He has to. He has a world of talent. He's a leader. Um, people follow him. This guy could do big things, man. He just humbles himself. So I think that he'll be sending this guy some thank you letters here in the near future because he needs to, man. He needs to humble himself and understand that, like we said earlier, this is not a God-given right to do what you're doing, man. It's a special privilege. So take advantage of it while you can, man. Be a leader. Be a mentor, you know. Don't grab your crotch and flip people off. I know it was more to that than, you know, what we physically seen as viewers, but come on, kid. And we've seen that from the point we've seen the Johnny Manziel's of the world with worlds of talent that let his his moxie and his cockiness and his attitude kick his ass right out the NFL. So humble yourself, man. Humble yourself. Exactly. And that's the thing, you know, we are. We get tired of seeing these quarterbacks who have all the freaking talent in the world to oh, just... to do whatever they want. And all of a sudden they come into the league or they're in the NCAA and they're just acting a fool. And that's the thing with Baker Mayfield. I wish him nothing but success. I, You know, oh, I'm yeah, a little bit a, Oh, yes. I'm a little bit of an OU Sooner fan. You know, had they not been playing in SEC school, I probably would have been supporting the Sooners. But, you know, the thing is with this, they were playing Georgia. And, I mean, you look at these stats, and I didn't realize how staggering they were. First down, Georgia was 21. Oklahoma had 24 first downs. Third down efficiency, Georgia was only 3 of 11. Oklahoma was 7 of 18. Total yards, 527 to 531. They beat them in passing yards. They, they only thing that they lost in was the rushing category. They even won time of possession, 32, 50, 32 minutes and 58 seconds to 27 minutes and 2 seconds. 
I mean, Mike, yeah. on paper, there's no reason why the Sooners should have lost this game. No. I, I, I mean, well, it's my – Exactly. And that's what it came down to. Well, it actually, yep. honestly, came down to special teams. And one blocked yep. field goal prevented Oklahoma from keeping this issue started with the all-SEC national title. I agree, man. Um, it was two great teams, both pretty much battle-tested. Um, I think Georgia just had a chip on their shoulder, man. Let's face it, even myself, I didn't think that they could – I didn't think that they could contain Baker Mayfield consistently. I thought they could play with it for a minute, but eventually Oklahoma will pull away from them because Oklahoma can score. I didn't give the Georgia defense as much credit as I should have. Now, we know they have superior athletes. During the SEC, they see great teams week in, week out. I just thought Oklahoma had enough to get on the top. So, tip your hat to Georgia, man. You know, a lot of people didn't give them a chance. A lot of people don't give them a chance Monday night. But it, it just seemed like Georgia's on a mission. It, it really does. You know, you see a team every year, you're like, man, it looks like that team is is on a mission. <laughs> That's what it looks like with the Georgia Bulldogs. So, they love the underdog role. It has seen the work. That's fun. And I tell you, they look like a clone of Alabama. Let's be honest here, and there's no, there's no, there's a reason why I say that because you know Monday's going to be student versus teacher, but Kirby Smart has quietly turned this squad into the Alabama of the East, and I believe Georgia will yes, stick around far past this season as one of the top teams in college football for quite some time. But I mean, you look at it, Sony Michelle, man, I tell you. I felt it in my heart when Sony Michelle coughed up the ball and Oklahoma ran it back for the touchdown. I felt for that kid because you know oh. that he had to think, man, I just cost my team a national championship. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's why you play into the. That's why you play until the clock hits double zero. But yeah, man, it, it looked bleak when that man coughed that ball up. Well, it's actually a great play by the defense because they made him fumble. I think oh, yeah. he put his helmet on the ball, but. Yeah, when that happened, man, you could just feel the air come out of the Rose Bowl on the Georgia side of things. It just seemed like it was inevitable that they would lose. But like I say, tip your hat to them, man. They kept their bearings about themselves, uh, kept playing hard, and got that thing over time. Look what happened. Well, and I tell you, it went into halftime. What was it? I believe it was 21 to it may have been twenty-one to zero, unless I'm mistaken. Let me pull up the box score. Here. I don't think it was twenty-one uh, to zero, but I think it was a couple of. I think they had a couple of scores on them ahead. Ahead, but I'm not for yeah, sure. It, it was. It was pretty clear that Oklahoma was well on their way to heading to the uh, heading to the national championship game, and right. then all of a sudden Georgia right. comes out of that locker room on fire, Mike. And, I mean, I mean on freaking fire. And Oklahoma had no answer for it. And then all of a sudden that fumble happens, and just like that, Oklahoma comes back and scores, I believe it was 21, or it was either 14 or 21 in the span of two minutes. And Baker Mayfield's on the sidelines. And this is the thing I will say about Baker is – this kid, as a leader to get you fired up, I mean, you saw it Monday. This kid got his defense fired up, and he was in them saying, hey, go win us this game. Unfortunately, you know, it didn't happen for him, but 
I will go ahead, you know, we made fun of Baker a little bit at the top of the hour, but, you know, you kind of got to tip your hat to him for that one. That is something you do like to see uh, out of your quarterback. Oh, yeah, the kid's a leader. Yeah, the kid, the, the kid's a leader, man, and people follow. He's a natural-born leader, man, and people get behind this guy and follow his lead. That's why you want him to understand that. Understand instead of pissing people off, lead them. You know, show them the way. Walk hand in hand with your team in battle, man, instead of, you know, all the other antics that don't mean crap once you get to the NFL. So I think he'll be fine, man. But this game will stick with him for a long time. Especially the part about humbling yourself. Uh, it was a great learning experience. But unfortunately, it was in, you know, in defeat. But I think this and I tell you, a lot from that. I tell you, Mike, two of these things, uh, two things stood out that I said before the uh, games. I said this constantly over the last, uh, since they announced the games, I said, and I'm going to get into the second one when we talk about the Sugar Bowl, but the first one I said was Baker Mayfield has not played against an SEC caliber defense. Now, I'm not saying that Baker took a big step back because he did have a pretty darn good game, I believe. Hold on, let me pull it up here. I'm going to pull up his passing stats just to let you know how good a game he was. He had he went 23 of three, uh, 35 for 287, two touchdowns and a pick for a 64 quarterback rating. I mean, and that's not Heisman-worthy numbers. So, yeah, he did take a, did take a small step back. But, I mean, Baker Mayfield still put up numbers on this Georgia defense. So, I will give you that. But it came down to... Baker Mayfield versus an SEC defense. So I kind of got to pat yeah. myself on the yeah. back on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You always essentially, that, I mean. essentially, though, what I saw when it got into overtime was two teams were still hungry. You got the first two trading field goals. And then Oklahoma comes out on the second possession. And I'm not sure how I felt about it because it seemed like they were – a little bit too conservative. And yeah, the Lincoln Rally got conservative, yeah. They got forced into kicking that field goal, and the wacky thing about it is usually you see the defense call timeout first to ice the kicker. Lincoln Riley called timeout first. I, I mean, Riley, come on, kid. You don't <laughs> ice your own kicker. He must have seen something he didn't like, Mike. Like they say, you're up for sure, call timeout and get it right. But, yeah, that was kind of orthodox. <laughs> now, you don't ice on chicken. I'm pretty sure it didn't help him. It didn't help make him less nervous or anything. Um, and I believe it was the uh, second overtime that they had a very close fourth down. And I believe Baker was standing there. And I believe it was before they kicked the field goal that got blocked. I believe Baker was standing there like he wanted to go for it. Uh, I mean, in that situation, everything's on the line. I believe it was a fourth and two. It was it was super close, and they didn't go for it. Do you think Lincoln Riley's uh, kicking himself more about not going for it or about the fact that he man, called the timeout? Man, you're supposed to leave everything on the field, but he probably won't tell us, Mike, but he is. He's quietly second, second against us. God. You know, because you're not going to get another opportunity once that game's over. So it's easy to sit here and say, I should have, could have, would have. But I know he has to be kicking himself over there. I got the Heisman Trophy winner, arguably one of the most explosive offenses in the in college football. 
any of our running game has been annihilating Georgia. So I don't get that part, bro. Exactly, the Anderson guy exactly. had his. The Anderson guy had his way with Georgia. He, he had his way. He averaged like damn near five yards a pop. So, Mike, that's mind-boggling, my friend. Don't you? It's kind of like, and they said it on uh, on one of our uh, proud stations here in uh, Little Rock, Central Arkansas, 103.7 The Buzz. The guys just alluded to that Lincoln kind of got conservative, man. They said he kind of got conservative, and, and the old the old adage, Mike, played not to lose. You exactly. can't do that. You got to go what you got to go with what got you there. You got to. Is that hard to do? Yeah, but you got to go with what got you there, man. You have to. You have. And to. I mean, that's the thing. What got him there? I mean, you look at the second quarter. Baker Mayfield catches a touchdown pass on a trick play. I mean, you got to pull out the bag of tricks. This is a plan oh, yeah. to go play for the national championship. For if all I'm the Lincoln Riley, hey, you got to, you got to, you got to pull it all out. This is all the stops. Win or go home. There isn't a seven-game series in college football or football period, for that matter. You have to win tonight to be able to yeah, hoist that trophy at the end of the season. And unfortunately, Lincoln didn't seem to want to play for tonight. And what are you thinking if you're Oklahoma fans right now? You've seen this God knows how many times where you look like you got an unbeatable football team and then you get into a championship game and you just you lose inexplicably. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, it happened so many times man. that Bob Stoops got the nickname Big Game Bob. In a, yeah, in a, yeah, that's a proud know, program fun that's been in a lot of big games. That's a proud program that's been in a lot of huge games, man. So it's hard. On one end, you could say, hey, they got there. On another end, you could say they don't consistently get over the top, you know. But, oh, you going to well, be there year the in and year out, man. I think Oklahoma you fans know. would rather get over the top. You know, that's the they thing. I, I don't think Oklahoma fans are happy right now that they were at the Rose Bowl. I think that they wanted to be it net playing next oh, week yeah. in Atlanta. Oh yeah, now they weren't expected to win. Don't get me wrong, but as we all know, Mike, I mean, it's a possibility that you could lose. All the all the, all the people in the playoffs are good. They're not there. They're there for a reason, you know. Exactly. All those teams are there for a reason. So if you beat them, you go earn every bit of it, and they go for all the matchups, whoever you put against who. You gonna earn it if you beat these guys. Alabama earned that win against Clemson. Everybody's like, "Oh, it's a blowout." You take fourteen points off the board, defensive scores. It's a ten to, it's a ten to six ball game, right? <laughs> we talking about a one possession ball game. So these guys are fighting tooth and nail for victory. You know, so it's not like you're playing. It's not like you're playing Kansas. Exactly. You know, exactly. Teams that they routinely, routinely have their way with. They were playing a top-notch opponent, which means that you got to play all sixty minutes, not fifty-eight, not fifty-nine, or all eighty minutes, if you will, if you're going overtime. Right. You know, depending on how many overtimes you go in. But basically, what I'm saying is, man, these teams are so good. It's almost like who gets the ball last, or you know, who makes the last mistake, or you see what I mean. So it was it was a possibility that they could have lost. So Oklahoma fans have to wake up and say, "Hey, yeah, we thought we'd win it. We had an opportunity. 
let's get back to that game. Let's get over the hump because you're in, you're out, man. They're going to be a factor. It's the University of Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, it, uh, let's take nothing against Link, away from Lincoln Riley. Yeah, we realize, you know, Bob Stoops recruited a lot of these players and what have you, but Riley does have a relationship with these players. And I always say this when somebody says, you know, hey, this person won with somebody else's players. Well, hey, you still can't crash the Ferrari. It's not like it's right. on uh, – it's not like the sucker is right. on uh, autopilot. Cruise control, right. You, you still right. have to like, drive Right. You still got to drive And I agree, man. And we got to remember this Lincoln Rally was his, what, old coordinator? Yes. So he was instrumental in throwing a lot of these points up. You know, granted, it is big Bob, big game Bob's players and this and that, but it's not like Lincoln Riley came, you know, out of the ground one day and also started coaching. So he has a relationship with these guys. He knows them. I don't think they're going to skip a beat, man. It's the new trend. A young coach that can relate to these guys, you know, relate to today's culture, so to speak. I think it's a good move. I don't think they're going to skip a beat. Personally. Well, I tell you this much right here, Mike. The second game of the night, I mean, in my part, I believe it was more entertaining just because of how many Ohio State fans were still crying and whining about the fact that they should have made it into the playoffs. Uh, let, let's go ahead and no, get they into got that. it right. You know what? Let's get they into it right. it right now. Do you believe? Honestly, Ohio State fans, call in right now. Send your hate tweets to at TalkRadio underscore 49. Hit us up on Facebook or call in right now, 347-989-1171. Do you honestly, honestly, in your heart believe that Ohio State beats Clemson 26, I believe it was. Hold on. Let me pull it up. I have it right here. 24, excuse me. 24 to 6. And, I mean, the – Let's be honest here. Clemson no. was never in this ball game, and that's nothing against Dabo Sweeney. But here's—I alluded to it earlier—and here's the second thing I said about this game. It took a Herculean effort by Deshaun Watson to yeah, win last games. year. Yes. This year they yes. didn't have Deshaun, and that's what cost them. He was definitely the difference, man. I mean, even in, I think both games combined, he had like a thousand yards pass. Even the game that they lost the previous year, he had a Herculean effort. To act. That's what it. That's what it took to beat Alabama. And you talking about less than a touchdown victory? So that what it was going to take from Kelly Bryant, if you will, arrested defense, everybody healthy. A month and a half to scheme for you for Nick Saban? Come on, man. That's and that's just it. You know, a lot of people were like, a lot of people say that uh, Clemson had to play the ACC title game. Really, let's be honest. Clemson's ACC title victory was a bye week because Miami was never really in that game. But that's the thing. Everybody wants to talk about the SEC being down. Yes, we had a down year. But here's the thing, Bama will always be Alabama as long as Nick Saban is coaching. Bama will always be the best team in college football. And let's be honest, they may have come into this playoff the four seed, but we all knew they were the one seed. 
and that they deserve oh, yeah. to be oh, yeah. in this playoff, honestly. Oh, I mean, you're yeah. talking about uh, everybody was like, oh, my God, they lost to Auburn. They lost to Auburn. And, yes, Ohio State did turn around and beat – or, excuse me, no, Ohio State didn't beat Auburn. Uh, Auburn lost to FAU. Once again, let's be honest here – or not FAU, UCF. Let's UCF. be honest here. UCF does not belong in the college football playoff. UCF Come versus on, Alabama, yes. UCF versus Clemson, yeah. UCF versus we're Oklahoma reaching. is not yeah, a game reaching. you want to see. Yeah, we're reaching if we if, if we say they should have been in the playoffs. Now, great season, undefeated. They deserve all the spoils, you know, that comes with going undefeated. But as far as being in the college uh, football playoffs, no, nah, man, not yet. Mm-mm. I mean, and that's the thing, you know. It's exactly what the playoff committee told them. Go schedule some great out-of-conference opponents. or yeah. and, and, you know, when you win those games, come see you. How about this, now, Alabama? How about this next year? Alabama versus UCF, kick off the season. Or Georgia if they win the national championship. And then UCF can have this national champions parade that they're talking about having because they went undefeated. I don't know if you saw right. that, Mike, but I completely rolled my eyes at that because, come on, now, you're undermining the league, number one. And number two, you're not going to hold Alabama or Georgia. Yeah, stay, <laughs> they should stay away not, from – they should stay away from really, and I hate it, you know, they could be the people's champ and all that and keep within themselves that, hey, we're proclaiming national champs. Appreciate – celebrate your undefeated season, man. Celebrate your conference title. Celebrate winning the bowl game. You know, we you we know you guys are champions. Y'all know y'all are champions. To me, it doesn't have to say, hey, it doesn't have to say, hey, we're national champions of the 2017 season. We understand your body of work and what you did. So it's going to be well-respected and it's going to go down in history. But you know it, it's just hard to say that. It. That's the thing about it, though, Mike. It, it came down to a situation where nobody really ever thought that Alabama was going to freaking lose this game. And that's what makes no. me laugh at the fact that Ohio State wanted this game, wanted to be this four seed, because honestly, I believe Clemson beats Ohio State. I did Oh, yeah, I, I think so. And Ohio State so. fans, Ohio State fans, if you want to make a complaint, don't lose to Iowa by 31 points. Don't That's go to Iowa City, do. Iowa, and lose my star. Thank you, Mike. That's enough said. That's enough said. That's still your Alabama's, fate. Alabama's loss, yes, they looked bad, but was not even close to losing by 31. So you know what? As much as it pains me to say this about as a Razorback fan, roll damn tide. Because, damn it, yeah. they deserve to be there. Yeah, they did. I agree. They definitely deserve to be there. You can't take anything away from them. It's their body work on the field, you know. And ain't no and computer. I mean, we're gonna find, what no guy thinks. It's their body we're work. We're going to find out next uh, Monday exactly who deserves to be the national champion. Because And me oh, and yeah. uh, Brad have been going back and forth all week or ever since Sunday night about this saying, you know, he does not think that the best four teams got picked. He thinks, and he also, and honestly, I could see this. I have no problem with this. He supports a move to an eight-team playoff. But I I keep going this way. 
He says the conference, you have to win your conference to be qualified. Here, okay. And you get two, and then you get two wild card teams. Here's the problem I see with that. UCF gets in, but Miami gets left out. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. Now, 10 win Miami gets left out, but UCF gets put in because they were the best, they were the conference champions. You know what I'm saying? Okay, how about There's going to be Wisconsin gets left out. Yeah, Wisconsin gets left out. With the NFL playoffs right now You got 10 win teams That are sitting there Sitting at home now And then you got a 4 and 5 team So to speak I believe that was what Carolina was not a good team Did not have a good record The year they went to the Super Bowl Obviously they went to the Super Bowl So I mean yeah But I mean you get Just because you're a division winner in a terrible division, you're going to get in the playoffs. That's the problem with that's the problem with the NFL playoffs these days. Yeah, that needs to be tweaked. It needs to be tweaked. But if if you know, I guess the question is, what do you do? Do you add another team? Do you just reformat it? I mean, I guess that's what the. Uh, the Are we the, talking the, about the college the, football the or the NFL playoffs? We're talking about college. Okay, yeah. I fully support an 18 playoff. I'm not sure about making it mandatory to win your conference to get in, though. Yeah, that's going to be hard to do because you're going to open up another can of worms doing that. Just explain the playoff pool. Don't add more criteria to, you know. And here's the thing about this 18 playoff. Number nine is still going to complain. Number oh, 10 yeah. is still yeah. going to complain. Oh, yeah. oh, yes. And everybody says that this was moved to a playoff to prevent exactly what is going to happen Monday night. And that is an all-SEC title game. Guess what? And I hate to be this way, but if you're so bad and you're so tired of seeing the SEC own the national championship, do something about it. Do something about it and put a team on the field that can beat the SEC. Consistently. That's yeah, I mean, all you right. got to do. And Four you know years. what? The, the college football world is like the SEC down, the SEC down, the SEC down. You know, it may have been a little bit top heavy this year. I get that, but all in all, is it down? Still, the last two teams remaining, this is one fact. Texas death. And the SEC team gonna win the national championship this year. You have two SEC teams in it. I mean, what else can you say, man? We really dropped the mic when it comes to this SEC discussion. It's self-explanatory, man. It's it's academic. Exactly. It's it's nothing to talk about. And I mean, you want all these fans want to talk about that. I, I think it's completely ridiculous, but. We got to kind of get into Monday night, Mike, as we start our look forward ahead into the weekend sports. Monday night, Alabama right now opens up, I believe, a four-point favorite. But Georgia's a true home team in this game. That's the thing about it. And I believe Georgia will even wear their home uniforms, and technically they'll get to host. But the thing is with this, Georgia, the home team, Georgia's going to travel well, obviously, down to Atlanta. Not saying Bama won't, because God knows there's going to be a lot of Alabama fans in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. It's a big country. Oh, yeah. 
But the the key to this game to me is student versus teacher. Nick Saban taught Kirby Smart everything he knows, but Nick Saban didn't teach him everything Nick Saban knows, and that's what we're going to have to see this weekend or this Monday night. Can Nick Saban pull it out again? I believe you got to go with Alabama in this game, but he, and the reason why is exactly what you alluded to earlier. 207 yards on the ground for Oklahoma. 207. What does Alabama love to do, Mike? Run the football, my friend. We'll force the running backs. Exactly. It's not going to come down to Jalen Hurts this game. It's going to come down to Alabama running the football. And unless Georgia somehow finds a run defense over the next seven days, yeah. Alabama's going to win their their fifth national championship in nine years. How about that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a dynasty, man. You can't uh, – they're definitely going to do what works. I mean, you can't stop the run. They're going to force feed you. They're going to shove it down your freaking throat. Now, with that being said, on the other side of the ball, I think that Alabama's going to stick the whole state in the box and take Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb away. So, on Georgia's end, the kid from is going to have to make some plays down the field. And as we all know, a freshman against that defense? Ah, them, them Alabama defenders are going to be licking their chops, waiting to get their hands on from. They're sitting there right now with foam coming out of their mouth, just looking at posters of Jake Fromm above their bed. <laughs> I mean, I can make a joke about it, but I'm serious. You know, these defenders are going to get after him. Nick Saban, and that's the thing. Kirby Smart also knows this. So it's going to be interesting to see how Kirby protects Fromm. It's going to be interesting because that's really the key to it. Can he keep Jake Fromm's jersey clean? Can he keep him off the turf of the Mercedes-Benz Stadium? That's going to be tough to do, Mike. I mean, Georgia has uh, defied the odds pretty much all season, man. It's just a tough feat because that defense is healthy. Um, they got their ears pinned back, and they're just hungry, man. It's just hard to go against that now. Georgia has a good defense in their own right, but they're not Alabama. They got the players and, you know, the athletes and the depth, but they're just not quite the Crimson Tide. So <laughs> it's going to be Exactly. It, I it's mean, gonna, it, it's going to be tough. It's Alabama, and then it's everybody else. Let's be honest here. And everybody who thought Alabama after they lost that Auburn game didn't deserve to be didn't deserve to be in this playoff. If they didn't get shut up last Monday, they're going to get shut up this Monday, in my opinion, because I don't honestly believe that this game's going to be close. I believe Alabama's going to win this in a runaway, taking nothing away from Georgia, but I just don't believe that they're going to get the offense going. And I don't believe that they're going to be able to stop the running game of Alabama. Yeah, it's just tough, like I say, man. This guy, well, by now he's a sophomore, but he's still a young quarterback against a NFL-type defense. So you always got to go with defense. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely thinking that um, Alabama will win, probably at least by ten points. 
I think I don't know if it'll be a blowout fight, but they win by at least two scores. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the outcome is going to be in doubt at any point in this game. I believe it's going to be a lot like the Sugar Bowl where you're just sitting there waiting for the clock to strike zero. So Nick Saban yeah. uh, can win himself another national championship. He's probably wiping his ass with national championship rings at this point, <laughs> let's be honest here. But, uh, I mean, like. by the way, I do have to address this. How scared do you think Hertz was when he bowled into Nick Saban at the end? That's probably the most exciting play of the game is Nick Saban gets <laughs> bowled over by Jalen Hurts. <laughs> you know how Nick is, man. What is he ever happy about? But yeah. Maybe teach you you know you know Nick probably pulled him to the side and said, if you ever do that again. You're going to be looking for a new home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, man, without, you know, you know. No, I don't think Nick's, I don't think Nick's that crazy, but I mean, it's funny to, it's funny to laugh about for sure. But Mike, we got about 30 minutes left here. Let's go ahead and get into the NFL action this weekend. And the uh, wild card is going to kick off Saturday at 3.35 PM. The Titans are going to visit the Chiefs in Arrowhead. I mean, the key to this game to me is Marcus Mariota uh, as well as Alex Smith. Both quarterbacks are going to play well. And Kansas City is on such a downtrend. I believe that they did just enough to win the AFC West. I I have a hard time saying, though, that they're going to get the better of the Titans. Oh, yeah, man. It's it's hard to say. The Titans have been kind of up and down lately. Then you have a DeMarco Murray, who's hurt. Um, I'm going to say Kansas City, man. I think they get their, get their mojo back this weekend, and they get to the second round. Now, what happens after that, we don't know. But I think they can end up getting Tennessee. It's like Tennessee's banged up. Here's the thing. Here's the next one, Saturday, 7.15 p.m. kick central time. The Los Angeles Rams, the three seed in the NFC, going to host the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, really, the Rams here look like the strongest three seed I've ever seen in NFC history. I mean, Atlanta does have Matty Ice, so you got to kind of give them a little bit of a puncher's chance. But I think it's going to be a quick postseason for Atlanta. That's a toss-up, too, Mike. You really think so? I think that with Los Angeles' running game, I don't think there's very many teams that honestly, and I'm going to go ahead and say this right now for future reference when we look back on this, the Rams, I believe, are in the Super Bowl right now, in my opinion. Man, you got a solid running game. You got a solid running game in defense. That's the recipe. So you can't absolutely say no, man. I've just been looking for – Atlanta all year to kind of get their mojo back in, you know, kind of step it up, you know. Uh, At what point, though, Mike, you, do you say they just don't have that mojo this year? Right now, because it's a whole other year, man. I mean, goodness. You know, they backdoored in the playoffs. Maybe it's just not there this year. I mean, I know they lost Cal Shanahan. Maybe, maybe that's a huge factor into why they struggle, man, inconsistent, been inconsistent offensively. You know, you just look for uh, the running game and, and the players on the outside that kind of mesh and have a big game, 
You just haven't seen it. So you might have to go to with the Rams, especially with it being on the road, especially with the great Todd Gurley. So I would give him a nod on that end only because of Todd Gurley and it being home, but you probably got to go with the Rams. The thing is with this one, Mike, you know, 49er fans have got to look at Atlanta and be so happy that they're struggling this year. And that sounds terrible on the surface, but look at it this way. Because, and you really have to say what changed, and it was Kyle Shanahan. So because Kyle Shanahan, your new head coach, left, Atlanta went from an amazing world beater to, meh, they're a wild card team, just barely. I mean, you got to give it to uh, Kyle Shanahan. He was what drove that Atlanta Falcon ship last year. Oh yeah, I mean, honestly, you can you you can tell, you know, you can see that he had an intricate part on them being as great as they was. But you know, they still have players. Um, the the, the core is still there. It's just they still underachieve with him not being there. Not to say that. They should have did what they did last year, but you expected just a little bit more. I think it was Kyle Shanahan and a Super Bowl hangover, Mike. It's hard to get over losing a Super Bowl after being up 25 points. That, exactly. And let's be honest, let's give the Falcons all the credit in the world because there really wasn't a Super Bowl hangover, so to speak, because they did manage to make the playoffs. I believe they're the first Super Bowl loser in quite a few years to make the playoffs after losing the Super Bowl, make the playoffs yeah. for next year. But, uh, I mean, it just – you can tell this isn't the same team. Oh, by far. We understand each season is different in the NFL. You know, every year is different. But you just expect this team a little bit more out of this team. You know, maybe a little bit more hunger or – a sense of urgency to get back to the Super Bowl. That's what exactly, you exactly. That's one of the hardest things to do. That is difficult. It's, it's difficult. And here we go. Here we go. Sunday at twelve oh five, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to host a freaking playoff game. Never thought those words would come out of my mouth. But they're going to host the Buffalo Bills and Tyrod Taylor this Sunday. Here's the thing. I like Jacksonville. I really do. I'm happy that they're here. I really am. And I'm going to pick them. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to pick them because they have Leonard Fournette. But one reason why I won't pick them is because of Blake Bortles. Uh, I believe that Jacksonville does get the job done this Sunday against the Bills. But look for Blake Bortles to be a problem heading into Pittsburgh. Mike, whichever one of those teams lifted the Pittsburgh, it's going to be ugly anyway. So, you know, this is going to be the coup de grace, so to speak. Buffalo, uh, hot, um, happy to be in the playoffs, training over. Jacksonville. Thank God the Cincinnati Bengals knocked the Ravens out. True. That that, that helped Buffalo, (laughs) obviously. I think it's going to be a good game, man. One thing about it, Buffalo, in Buffalo, New York right now, it's probably 13 inches of snow. They're going to be in Jacksonville, Florida, sunny, 75 degrees. The weather's not going to be a factor. Um, 
you can get a good game, man. You can get a good game out there, Buffalo Bills team. Now, what bothers me about it is Shady McCoy may not play. So that's what will push Jacksonville over the top to me. Exactly. I mean, and that's the thing. Jacksonville fans, don't get me wrong. Don't start sending me hate tweets or anything. The thing is with Jacksonville that I have a problem is that they're young. And I think that's why they can get the job done against Buffalo, but I don't think that they get the job done against the two-headed monster that is either New England or Pittsburgh, which obviously they'd be going to Pittsburgh if they won, but I don't think that they're ready for one of those teams in the upper echelon of the AFC. Uh, The thing is here, Jacksonville really needs to address the quarterback problem in the offseason. I mean, it's time, Alex Mike. It's Smith, time. anybody? You know, Kirk Cousins? It's time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a young quarterback, Blake maybe. Uh, it's, it's done time. a good job of uh, – Blake Bortles is what I call an Alabama quarterback. He's not going to win you the game, but mm, he's probably not going to lose you the game either. You need a guy that's going to go out and win the game, especially in the playoffs, and Blake Bortles isn't that guy. Mike, he's been a top pick. He has been in the NFL for, what, four years? They say about the yeah, third so or fourth year you should start to get it. If you don't, man, it may be time to move on. That's why they got a draft every year. They don't stop on one seat in one season to get to spend it in time to hope that it works. They move on, man. It's what have you done for me lately, leagues. So Jackson can actually look forward to while we got this window open, while this window opportunity is open with these young players, this good talent and all this winning, they got to win now, man. They can't wait for this dude two, three years for him to hopefully get it because he still might not get it. So it's time to move on from Blake, man. I hate to say it. Uh, he was a top pick. It didn't work out. It just didn't work. It's time to do something else before you lose this window of opportunity and you're looking for another running back, you know, a couple more receivers, another coach. Because it's a domino effect, man. So it's time to get a quarterback in Jacksonville. Exactly. That's the thing. The window is so small for these teams, unless you're a Pittsburgh or a Jack- or a New England, excuse me, to be an amazing team and potentially, you know, strike out against one of the Pittsburgh or New England and, you know, buck the system and make it out of the AFC. The thing is, they have to. They have to address this quarterback issue right now if they want to be that next team, you know, in the AFC. We got the right. night game here. The uh, Carolina Panthers are going to travel to New Orleans at uh, 3.40 p.m. kickoff central time. I'm going to take these New Orleans Saints here. They're at home. Uh, I mean, really, the Panthers limped into the playoffs. So I believe that that's going to put the New Orleans Saints over the top in this game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Panthers ain't really put it all the way together, man. Let's face it, that New Orleans team. Oh, now it's hard to beat a team three times. I'm going to say that, but their offense is just a juggernaut, man. Oh, the yeah. offense is an absolute juggernaut, Mike. I mean, where do you begin? Drew Brees is on fire right now. You know, the running game is there. You got that kid, Kamara. You got Mark Ingram. And you got a good defense. So, 
Don't be surprised if New Orleans, New Orleans wakes up in the Super Bowl. How about this one, Mike? You're Tampa Bay. You're waking up. You're the only NFC South team that didn't make the playoffs, even though you were the trendy pick to win the Super Bowl this year. And you still re-signed your head coach. Ugh. Wow. <laughs> Mike, I <laughs> love Marvin Lewis. That thought just occurred a, to me. That's that's odd, man. I ain't I never seen nothing like it. That's Did odd. I say Cincinnati? I would, I'm in Tampa Bay. Sorry. I'm thinking Cincinnati, but okay, well Tampa Bay, yeah, that that that's a head scratcher. If any, if if, if anyone would have gotten the boot, you would have think it would have been Carter because mm-hmm. they just they just underachieved to the point of retirement. They spent a lot of money on free agency, a um, couple of uh, great picks in the draft. You just thought they would be good, man. You thought they would definitely get in the playoffs. That didn't even happen. Exactly, exactly. And that's the thing. If you're if you're waking up in Tampa Bay on Sunday after or you're going to bed in Tampa Bay Sunday after all of these uh after all these wild card games, you gotta be sitting there thinking, Oh my god, every single team in my division made the a- NFC playoffs but us. But us. Literally, Hold every up. single wild card we team is from the and NFC we South. Yeah, exactly. Right. Every team from the NFC South or from the NFC Wild Card is from the is from the South, except for the Rams. I, I'm shocked that didn't get them fired on that pretense there, man. But they just highly underachieved, man. I don't know if they didn't buy in or you know a few injuries here and there, but it's no way this team shouldn't have won at least. Ten games. No way. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Mike, right there though, you, I believe we kind of we kind of um, let it go as far as our picks go. That was the final game, which means that the higher seed of the NFC is heading to uh, the heading to the Minnesota Vikings. So that would be the Los Angeles Rams. The lower seed is obviously going to be the New Orleans Saints heading to Philadelphia. The higher seed in the NFC is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then the uh, lower seed, the Kansas City Chiefs, are going to head to New England. So let's go ahead and make a preview. New, uh, we, got the, uh, we got the New Orleans Saints taking on the Eagles. The Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Patriots. The Jacksonville Jaguars heading to Pittsburgh. And the uh, Los Angeles Rams heading to Minnesota. How about that for a second week of action Ooh. when we get to the divisional Ooh. round? I, I could see some upsets here. I believe Los Angeles oh, could yeah. defeat Minnesota. And, I mean, let's be honest, New Orleans could defeat Philadelphia. So we could be seeing the NFC title game in Los Angeles. Definitely. I, I wouldn't be shocked. That'll be good for the city of Los Angeles, good for the NFL. Uh, a lot of money. <laughs> But yeah, Mike, um, it's a toss-up, man. You you can honestly say it's wide open, man. It, it really is on both sides. It's wide open. On the AFC side, you can say, well, it probably should be New England or Pittsburgh. But let's face it, man. It's the playoffs. It's the new season. An uh, injury there, a couple of bad possessions, you know, a couple of uh, 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 mishaps on special teams. Anything can happen, Mike. It's a whole new season. So teams got to come in, uh, focus, 
and understand what I did a couple of weeks ago has no bears on now. Postseason is a different beast. Exactly. So I exactly. expect a couple of unexpected things to happen, but you know, if the upper echelon teams, especially on your side, AOC do what they're supposed to do, it's supposed to be Pittsburgh and New England AFC Championship. Now it's more wide exactly. open on the NFC side. It, and and that's the thing. Up. The NFC side is a lot closer. And that, oh, I yeah. believe, you know, Brad alluded to it, that makes the NFC better as far as that goes. They have a lot better teams. I agree with that. You yeah, know, it really, it's more like period. the SEC. The AFC has Pittsburgh and New England or Georgia and Alabama. And then you got the rest of the field. Well, you get over to the NFC side, and, I mean, it's wide open. <laughs> Exactly like you yeah. said, head and shoulders, nobody's above anybody else, especially with Not Carson Wentz down. You got three teams from one division, man. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's so nip and tuck. And they beat up on each other the whole year. Exactly. Which means that we but, could potentially see an all NFC South uh, NFC championship. I don't believe that's what's going to happen. I believe Los Angeles is going to beat Minnesota. But, I mean, the thing is, you know, Minnesota has a lot to play for. Minnesota wants to be the first team in NFL history to host the Super Bowl. I mean, that would be a big deal in and of itself. Oh, that would be awesome, man. But, hey, you got to win. You got to win to stay in. So, we'll see. But. It's gonna be hard to beat that, that that Rams team with a hot tie with a with a hot defense coming in with Ty Girl and Jared Goff. Exactly, it's gonna be really tough. But Mike, I think we pretty much covered in everything. Don't forget this Monday night right here on Talk Radio Forty Nine at eight p.m. Central Standard Time, we're gonna be talking about the Rodney Reed case. It's the return of the American Idiot Show, first show in twenty eighteen. We're going to be talking about the twenty uh, about the uh, Rodney Reed case and uh, about whether he could be guilty or whether he was unjustly uh, sent to death row as he is awaiting his uh, possible exoneration or possible execution. So that'll be fun this Monday night. One week from tonight, Mike, we're going to be right back here. Only this time we're going to be breaking down divisional games. And we're also going to be talking about the in the uh, national championship game as we talk about whether Alabama managed to win their fifth title in nine years or whether Georgia managed wow. to possibly start a new dynasty. That's a pretty wow. exciting week we got coming up, brother. Exciting. Well, Mike, I'm going to go ahead and let you go. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Mike and Mike at night. We'll talk to you next week. Good night. I'm talking
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.